Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a Friday Road Show with Hale Varsity Radio. We are here at the Single Barrel. Uh, amazing steaks. Lots of whiskey to choose from. Water, if you want to. Chris Schmidt. Greg Smith, Mr. Recruiting, joining me on the road today. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. And uh, what a day. Uh, of course, we have some Olympic royalty in, uh, well, a, a, a stone's throw from us. As, of course, you've got uh, wrestling in town at PBA this weekend and some of the world's finest and the U.S.'s best uh, just a table away from us. So some gold medal uh, folks that are enjoying uh, uh, the incredible food here at the single barrel. We want to see you down here four to six every home football Friday here inside the graduate. Greg, it's wonderful to see you. It's week three for Nebraska football and uh, you know, a little bit of trepidation for uh, Husker fans here. The line's back up to 13 and a half, but okay. the Nebraska fans, uh, you, you bump into them on the street, you, you read some of the email, you take the phone calls. There's uh, there, there's confidence, but there's also hope versus assured. Yeah, definitely. Now, first of all, it, it is great to be back here with you. I, I feel like it's been years, and it probably actually has been uh, since I sat over here uh, with you next to you and done the show. So I'm happy to be back. Thank you for having me. Thanks but for coming th- in. There is definitely trepidation out there. Like I feel like even though and it it shouldn't necessarily feel like that, or Vegas doesn't necessarily agree with that, and those guys know a thing or two, right? Um, and that that line keeps creeping up or is holding steady, uh, but Nebraska. Nebraska fans definitely a little nervous uh, about this weekend's game uh, and a team in Buffalo that's going to come in here and want to play hard. They're going to you they know will. you're going to get a, a good shot from them. So Nebraska definitely has to be ready for this game um, and we'll see if they can come out kind of hitting on all cylinders a little bit more than they did against Fordham last week. Uh, but they had some stuff to build on from that win last week. That's just it and, and it's going to be so key. We'll dive into some NFL get some reaction with Tampa and Dallas last night. Full slate of of NFL this weekend. Greg did not bring his Fields jersey. He's got the <laughs> the, uh, the Hale Varsity shirt on. You can watch us on uh, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook stream. Uh, we are hooked up with StreamYard, which means uh, <laughs> if you're brave, uh, you can see uh, my lovely face. Uh, Greg's good-looking dude. I mean that in a complimentary uh, fashion. And Elijah is back at our studios. So, uh, yeah, you can watch us and, and also listen to us. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com, Greg at HaleVarsity.com, and, of course, uh, find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at uh, Greg Smith HV. 
Uh, I did not mess that, that is up. Correct. I, 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 I've said it a thousand yeah, times. Yeah, he said it a <laughs> But I'm like, okay, hold on, hit the brakes. Uh, at Greg Smith HV on Twitter, and of course Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence on Twitter. Coming up, uh, we did not get a chance to talk because we did not work Monday. Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, going to be with us a Monday with Charlie on a Friday. So Coach McBride, his takeaways, his look ahead coming up in 15 minutes uh, with the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau. We mentioned we have World Championship uh, Wrestling uh, and uh, it, it is not uh, Hogan, it is not Andre, but it is folks that have served and performed at a high level for Team USA. They are performing uh, this weekend at, uh, at PBA. So uh, Jeff Mall, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, going to be with us here on site uh, in about uh, 20 minutes. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, will give us uh, his thoughts on Nebraska Buffalo. Uh, we'll talk some Cruton. We'll get into to more of the Buffalo-Nebraska matchup. And uh, at 540, the Friday forecast going to join us as uh, Clausburn will be in. We'll have picks sure to go wrong uh, for this weekend. Greg, uh, a lot to get into. But, uh, you know, we, we talk uh, Derek Jeter, and, and there's always that one holdout with the Baseball Riders Association. There's that one Weird dude <laughs> that says, all right, Ken Griffey Jr., maybe next year. Uh, Derek Jeter, maybe next year. Mariano Rivera, come on down. You got a, <laughs> you got the the, uh, the the full 100%, but he's it. Okay? Right, that's it. Well, listen, there's, there's always uh, that situation where um, Nebraska is favored. There's always that situation where Nebraska is supposed to do what they do. But I tell you what, it's, it's not a sure thing. And there's, there's the, the starting fast. That has been kind of the topic that has been circled, that has been highlighted this week with Nebraska. And, and that's, that's like one of – it's like the baseball writer holding his vote, right? That's the one thing experts, fans – analysts alike are like okay is nebraska gonna finally flip that switch and start fast and there's a lot of reasons why they haven't right, right? you look at uh, nebraska illinois okay it was the three four the four three screwed things up last week i don't want to say flat but they were they were there was a bit of a hangover right I absolute so. absolute hangover because they didn't do what they thought they needed to do and should have done uh against illinois so you come out and, and you fix it and then you move on well, is week three against a really good Buffalo squad, against a talented Buffalo squad, is week three when you get to see Nebraska finally get that, that fast start? And is it the offensive line that has been preventing the fast start? Are you going to put that on them? I do kind of put that on them. And it's interesting, too, with that offensive line, because on one hand, you kind of have this push-pull with how people have been kind of describing the offensive line, right? I'm sure you've heard this. On one hand, the offensive line is young, right? When you look at just a number of starts. On the other hand, they're not, because a lot of those guys are multi-year players, and they've played at some point. You know, Ethan Piper, Bryce Benhart, obviously Cam Jurgens um, have played a lot of football. Matt Sicker 
Ackerman has not started a lot of games in Nebraska. This is his fifth year in the program. Uh, Turner Corcoran, obviously his second year in the program, so I feel like he's the one guy um, that gets a, a little bit of a pass on that, as highly touted as he was. So you can say all of that and say, yeah, it, it's going to take a little bit of time at least for them to gel, but then you try to square that with what we kind of heard from the coaching staff all offseason long, even going back to the spring and definitely in the fall, where it was like, okay, this is the most talent we've had in the room in the offensive line. It's a really deep unit. We're going to be go- able to go out there and maul people. And you just haven't seen that yet. And you would like to, and I know Nebraska fans would like to um, hear see this because I've heard it a lot, is they would like to see Nebraska go out there and impose their will on a team that they should do that to. And Buffalo still falls into that category because Nebraska is still going to have the size advantage up front. Um, and one of the more interesting things that kind of came out of this week was Matt Sichterman, um, now veteran offensive lineman, has talked about... Been in the he, program a long time. A long right? time. He talked about how after that exchange that Adrian Martinez had on the sideline where he kind of got after those offensive linemen during the Fordham game, Sichterman said that he went to those guys after the game immediately and said, hey, we need to take that to heart and we need to start faster in games. So apparently they've tried, the offensive line has, to get you know more live simulated reps early in practice this week just to kind of hit the ground running in practice so that they can simulate that We'll see if all of that translates to the field because we've heard these sorts of things before, and I totally understand that, those those moans and groans that you hear from the fan base. Uh, but the offensive line in Nebraska as a whole just needs to go out there and do it. I think they have the opportunity to do so against Buffalo, but we just have to see it happen. Greg Smith, Chris Schmidt here at the Single Barrel here till 6 Roadshow Friday. We have a, uh, a pair of Champions Club passes to give to you, not all of you, but uh, a a lucky listener can come on down and just, I don't know, fist bump Greg or me, and uh, we'll give you a pair of Champions Club passes for tomorrow. It's going to be hot. You may need to uh, refuel slash hydrate before the game and after or halftime. So uh, get down here to the single barrel inside the graduate. You want a pair of Champions Club passes. Our friends at Nebraska Textile and Supply making that happen. So uh, come see us here between four and six. And that that one holdout, is the offensive line going to be the holdout, the problem? And, and listen, maybe too many darts or arrows are being thrown at the offensive line, but they are they are the key it factor right. for this offense. And listen, you want the running game to get downhill? You want to focus and, and emphasize the running game? Well, be able to block. Nebraska did not do that against Illinois. You punt the running game. You abandon the running game. And then you go to, 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 you know, duck and chuck if you're Adrian as much as he was harassed, pressured, hit, hurried, whatever, against the Illini. Uh, Last week, they weren't really moving anybody. They weren't holding their blocks in the first quarter. And then second, third, fourth, after they got a little momentum, got the the field goal blocked, the old facial. (laughs) Right in the face. (laughs) By Markel, in the face, right? (laughs) Coming to America, I love it. And uh, and there you go. You you get some some movement. You get some, some emphasis. And, you know, Greg Austin also is pretty vocal and, and saying, look, it doesn't matter that we're young. They've played enough together, yep. and, and I'm interested here. I don't know that we're going to see Brock Bando. I don't know that we're going to see Oliver Martin. And this, this two-way street between Adrian getting after the line, hey, man, keep me clean, right. and the O-Lyman can, can, can 
at times come back and say, hey, man, throw the ball. Right. Make yeah, your, that, that's ma- fair. Ma- make, and that's make fair. your mind up. Yeah. Or, all right, you had him open and you waited the count. So it's a two-way street. I'm glad it's being vocalized. I'm glad it's being talked about. Uh, between the two. And, and Adrian's sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, I, I think uh, with Turner, you're going to see uh, probably his best game because he's healthy. He's got his feet under him. I'm anxious about that left guard spot. Ethan Piper's explosive. He's talented. And he had a better Saturday, last Saturday, than he did against Illinois. Uh, you have Sichterman, but you also have Hickson is uh, a guy that, that really played well. You know, Brad Banks, I thought he looked good at guard. I, I thought he looked good. And then you got te- oh, big old Teddy, yeah. Teddy Prohaska. I mean, it's a nice problem to have when you got Ben Hart playing probably his best ball. You have uh, a guy in Turner Corcoran that, man, oh, man, the upside's incredible. Cam's doing his thing. But you have a couple of three options if things don't get better right. on that interior with both of your guards. Bando's fought and and earned some snaps if he'd get healthy yep okay if and i don't think he'll be back again due to his illness and it's not covid uh you, you have bando as an option eventually uh you have a, a guy like uh, brand banks yep. that you can throw in there and do you shuffle at all do you put a guy like teddy in at guard do you move I, do you move a guy I, i'm just Spinning, spinning yeah, it's really tough because do you move one of the other tackles because Teddy has emerged knowing that those guys have been outside of Cam? And or do you put guys Teddy in a guard? Or do you put him at guard or can he play? Like that, that's a weird kind of situation. Ultimately, like you said, it's a good problem to have. You've got, I think you, you're almost getting to the point, too, where you've got to find a spot for Brant Banks in there as well. I like, uh, I like, I like what he's guard. done. Yes. I really do like what he's done at guard. Um, and so really the two guards are really on notice going into this because they have some different combinations um, that they can play, and I think that we've seen enough to where Greg Austin, Scott Frost, uh, Matt Lubick are, are, will, you know, kind of be quick to go ahead and shuffle things up if they need to. Tell me, what's your what's your take on the, the power triangle there between Frost, Lubick, and Greg? How, how is year two together transpiring. I still think there's some some kinks to be worked out there on just what the direction of the offense needs to be. Like I the think w- I, I know what Lubick and I think I know what Greg wanted to do. I would I would agree with that. And there's the head coach. You know, does he really want to get downhill and run the ball? Yeah, does he does he want to stick with does it? Does he it? want to does he want to kind of stay through the ugliness maybe of the beginning of kind of getting to that downhill, it right? Last and, I think, week. and it worked last week. We've seen it work for other teams. I know everybody was watching that Minnesota Ohio State game. They stuck with it. That kind of it's a different run style, but you know what I mean, um, where you try to get after people and stick with that run. Um, I know a lot of people would like to see Frost stay in that mode. Um, when I say a lot of people, I think that Greg Austin and Matt Lubick are included in part, those Part people. of those yeah, folks. I know the offensive line and the tight ends are included in that. Austin Allen told us that after the Illinois game, right? He came right out and said, I thought we'd come out more 12 personnel, get downhill and run the ball right at him, and we didn't. Um, I'd be curious to see if Nebraska did that, what the results would end up being. Well, it comes down to patience. It comes down to how long can your defense get three and outs or take the football away till your offense gets going are you a a football team that's going to have to throw to set up your run versus using the run game to set up your play action uh all things and listen i I was high on the offensive line coming in they they still can be really good and again our tackles 
uh, that have been on campus. And think about when I say our tackles, I mean, we've talked to these kids since they were freshmen, sophomore, yeah. especially you in high school through the recruiting process. And now it's in their second year or more right. in the program with the uh, the COVID pause uh, being pushed. And then you got Jurgens. Okay, uh, what do you get from your guards on Saturday? What do you get from the offensive line? What uh, What's the mentality here? Is it take the fight to a, a, a fast but undersized line and just power forward on them? Or do you try and stay cute with your offense and your offensive mind? Right. You know, do you just kind of dial it down and, 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 and pare it down with the playbook and just say, here's what we're going to do and here's what we're going to be great at? Nebraska, I think, would be best served long term if they can figure out, if they can come out and pare it down and really execute. And we're saying, man, I can identify, you know, three, four, five plays that they ran a lot and ran you well. I would feel really good about that going into, well, I was going to say going into Big Ten play, going into Oklahoma game and then into Big Ten play. Because I feel like Nebraska desperately needs those handful of pet run plays that they can really execute on a weekly basis. You know, it's uh, been tight uh, between Irvin, of course, and Step at uh, the running back one spot this week as well. So uh, we'll have more on uh, Buffalo and Nebraska. We're here at the single barrel uh, inside the graduate. Come on by. We're here till six. Chris Schmidt, Greg Smith, Elijah Herbal, a quick timeout as uh, we'll check in with Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride on the way. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We didn't have a Monday. It was, uh, well, we had the press conference Monday, and then... Uh, we threw some stuff on the grill. No show. We say hi to Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, with this is our weekly chat with Coach. Coach, how was the uh, the holiday weekend? How you doing? It was good. Yeah, it was quiet. That's that's uh, was a kind of amazing for the lake. I guess everybody's back to school, and you know, in the old days, it used to be you didn't go back to school till right after Labor Day. So it was a pretty quiet day. Yep, and uh, we're uh, kind of getting in that school groove. Junior started freshman football, and we got to work on eye discipline, Coach, at the linebacker spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. You're in for it then, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Well, uh, what did you think of Nebraska uh, against Fordham? Well, the the thing you see is, you know, even though you're playing a team that you should beat, mm-hmm. I saw some improvement. Uh, I really did. I think it makes a difference. And uh, it looked like the players were a little more confident. Now they started out slow, and mm-hmm. that's just something they're going to have to straighten out. I mean, you know, themselves. I mean, they got they got to get ready to roll right away and show them who's boss. That's the biggest thing. But the thing I think happened is is that they did, they looked, uh, as you probably all saw, a little more confident in themselves. Uh, you know, I think at the one point in the game, they only had, what, five yards and penalties. And, mm-hmm. you know, as far as that stuff goes, it, you know, it, they cleaned up pretty good. Um, so, you know, it, it 
you know, it, the, the, the start of something isn't how it ends up. It's how you end up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's what, what happened. They got together in the second half, which has been a thing too, that uh, coming out in the third quarter, it's been, you know, full of teeth, you know, but uh, this, this time they came out and really went to work and, uh, you know, really took the game over. And uh, so somebody put a hot hat pin in their rear ends in the, at halftime and got them rolling. Charlie McBride's with us uh, on Mondays with Charlie, uh, a little different time due to the holiday week. It's Hale Varsity Radio, Mr. Blackshirt. So adjustments are, were, were talked about today by, by Greg Austin on the offensive line coach in, in Nebraska. Uh, saw something from Fordham that they didn't expect, kind of a similar story to to Illinois, right. but but a different result uh, this week, this past weekend, with uh, Nebraska being able to go to work and then fix things. And what's that experience like for you, being able to diagnose uh, a different well, look and then get your kids confident and ready to go? Well, sometimes you know you have. Sometimes it, what's hard to do, and and I think this is a game to do it though. Come. I I think that they that they have to really decide who are their best offensive linemen and then fit them in. They've got to do that. I think that's one thing. If they, uh, to be honest with you, I just, you know, I mean, I wasn't exactly standing on the sideline to see everything, but what sure. I saw is a young guy from Elkhorn, the big tackle, really played well. Mm-hmm. I mean, for his first shot at things. And he looks like he's a natural over there at left tackle, I think. And but again, you're not you're not uh, playing Superman, you know. So it's that that's the hard part. And but you do have to, if you have to move guys around position, move them. And and you know, not don't be afraid to. I think a lot of times, you know, you're afraid there's going to be a mistake and. You know, sometimes you you get a little worried about that kind of stuff. But I think if a, a kid goes to a different position, you'll find out that the concentration is way higher than it would be if he was playing at the same spot mm-hmm. all the time. And and so I, you know, that's one of the things. I think defensive line they did a good job in rotating guys around. And you know, again, in the set, they didn't know what was going on. I mean, the secondary had to play zone because. They had to play kind of kosher for a while because it was, you know, it was one of those things that, uh, you know, you didn't know what they were going to do. So you had to keep from the long touchdown pass. And, you know, the safeties were playing really deep and the corners were playing off and things like that until they kind of got, you know, used to what they were trying to prove. And, and, And that was the case in the first game. I mean, you know, you don't have a clue what they're going to come out with. And, and again, you, you heard people say, well, they, they moved to an even front and that, you know, all week they probably worked with a guy on the nose or offset nose, uh, tackle there over the center. And, and then all of a sudden there's not one there. And, and that's why I think that, uh, you know, you, you can't assume anybody's going to do that. We used to do that to Oklahoma that we played an odd front at, and then you know in the old days and then and we would play them with an even and they'd get all messed up too so i know how that works but <laughs> usually by the usually by the time the game's over you're 
if they're better than you, they're going to, they're going to find out what to do. And, and that's, you know, that's the way it works. I coach it the just. Charlie McBride's with us. Few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio, a uh, Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt. So coach Nebraska made the adjustments. Are you, are you concerned about the offensive line or do you think it's just going to be able to round into form? There's a lot of kids to choose from and, and it just doesn't seem like the push has been there from time to time. Now I think it can get better and it did get better. Also holding your blocks. That's something I know you, you preached when you worked with the O-line. Right. Well, those are the things you look at and you can see a little bit. I think, you know, what, you know, what I look at their feet and their hands and things like that, where their hand placements are, you know, they, are they, are they bending their knees? Are they getting their power angles right in their, you know, in the the bends and things like that, where you, you know, you really, you've really got to really work at it. And, um, you know, I had, I have to laugh sometimes, you know, when players, what they'll do is, you know, they'll start out all of a sudden playing just super and then get brain locked thinking, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? And and that's why you just got to go play. And, and the repetition in practice is, is what you really count on. It, it, it has to go into your subconscious where you just do it. I mean, you don't start thinking about what you just go do it. And, and that, that, again, is when you get young players and the more repetition they get, the more confidence they get. And that's I'm starting to see a little bit of that, uh, you know, they're, that they're getting, getting some kind. And a game like this where you know you got a good chance to win and you got a good chance to probably not play against great defensive linemen is, is still full speed. It's still – they, they still move. They're not – you know, I mean, you get a linebacker you couldn't block. I mean, the guy got, you know, so there's something to say that, you know, to get Purdue, you know, to get straightened out how you're going to get people on linebackers and stuff like that. Uh, so there's there's a lot to learn, you know, in a game like that. And there's a lot to learn that maybe sometimes that front can change easy, you know, and, and by going to an even front, they, they got them. They got them pretty well messed up. Well, the thing is, again, they're young people, so you probably didn't get that far with with an even front or even think about it as coaches. Uh, and and then when you get something like that, you know, you got young guys trying to adjust, and you'd rather have them line up the way you practiced, and, mm-hmm. and then they play better, you know. But when they get it, there's a shock. There's a shock wave go through everybody. <laughs> Coach, uh, let's move on to Buffalo this week. And your thought here with uh, Maurice uh, Lingist, uh, the coach for the Bowls, coming in. Uh, wasn't that long ago he was going to be uh, Harbaugh's co-coordinator, but took the job. Nebraska, I think, got smacked by him in 2017 when Minnesota ran all over the Big Red uh, a-, a while back. But uh, young coach, mm-hmm. he's coached 15 years uh, what what do you think of the uh, of the bowls? And there's a little bit of history with with Lance being there before going to KU, and of course Turner there. Well, the thing I think too is is you know you look at what he's done in the past, you know, because usually guys that are young pretty much stay, you know, they don't make any giant changes right mm-hmm. away when they you know when they get a head job they do what they know best, 
And, and so you got to look back at some of the, you know, where they've been before, some of the game film maybe that they played, you know, in the past. Uh, but they're going to see better athletes by far. I mean, you know, it's going to be, you know, and they'll have a little more depth and, you know, but as you, as you do, you got the running game going. If it's going, then they're, you're going to wear them out just like you did, just like you, you did against Fordham. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And, and that was a big thing, you know, back when you have some depth and you can rotate a few guys around. It's not so bad in the offensive line, but it is in the defensive line because guys are running all over the place and, you know, and really trying to, you know, get to the ball and things like that. So they they wear out Charlie earlier, I think, a little bit. And, but uh, I think they're gonna, I think when you got a coach that's young and new, I think that, you know, most of the time they, they stay pretty much with what they know best. And if he was a coordinator, he's going to be a big influence mm. on what they're doing, you know, offensively. Well, he uh, his, his, his front's very athletic. He's coordinated uh, defenses, and, and that's, that's a concern because we, we, we saw Nebraska lean on the run game. That was big. That needed to happen. We'll see if Nebraska continues to, to lean on the run game. The thing that, that I think uh, is is worrisome for some Nebraska fans is, A, Buffalo's you know been good, and their kids know how to win. I don't know how intimidated they'll be here on Saturday. Well, they, they probably won't be. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're at a different level of football, too, and they, you know, they've been – I don't know how many of them have been – uh, you know older guys but the older guys you know they kind of lead the pack and and i'm sure they've played at enough games where there's been a lot of people and it's not going to intimidate them at all i don't think not most of the time when you get out there if you talk to the players after the game you don't they don't have they don't hear the crowd half the time they don't even know you know what's really going on unless you're standing on the sideline uh so so I don't think that's going to be a big thing. I don't even think it was a big deal, even though there had been a little bit of a big thing made about it. The Fordham people, kids, they didn't have any, they didn't seem to have, <laughs> get, you know, all worked up that they were playing Nebraska. They did pretty well when they started out. And um, that's the thing you worry about. And with any team that, especially the teams that you're supposed to beat, and we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, a last thought here with uh, 20 years to, to the day with uh, the terrorist attacks. And do you remember where you were on September yeah. 11th? Well, I was I was just getting out of bed, and my my youngest son came in and said, "Dad, there's a small plane. I think just ran into the towers." You know, he came running in, and and I was up, and I, we both went into the living room, and then the next thing was, I'm thinking about Dave Remington. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, oh, bro, you know. And as the day went on, we found out that Dave, in fact, was having a I think a street named after him in Omaha. And, 
Boomer was at doing uh, the TV or the radio, Radio One, the, the Monday night game. I think it was that he was at in that time, and uh, two of their other people at work had a meeting across the street. Their secretary didn't come in because everybody was gone. So she came in late, heard it on the radio as she drove in, and of course turned around and went home. But so they they were pretty good. But the people on that floor that gave them their office, they they were they they lost everybody. Wow. I mean, it was sad and. And but I was in Arizona, and I, you know, and and um, it was, you know, at first we, the second plane hadn't hit yet, and the first one hit, and and when my son saw it, he thought it was just somebody ran into, you know, somebody in a plane. Either he didn't know if somebody might have tried to commit suicide or just. Mm-hmm run into the thing he didn't know but then when the big then when it really then when the radiation started to hit and found out how bad it, the first hit was and then the second hit came and that was that was devastating i mean to watch it charlie mcbride's with us hail varsity radio coach thanks for your memories on on 9-11 and thanks for talking some ball with us we'll see how things shake out on saturday and We'll get ready for Oklahoma next week. How's that sound? That's good. That'll really wake everybody up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they get a good win this weekend, and I'll tell you something, Oklahoma better not just roll their hats on the field. Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest thing. As you know, you can, over, you can take somebody for granted, and you're in trouble. We'll see. Should be a good time. Coach, we'll talk soon. Thanks again for the time. Okay. Thanks for having me. Talk to you next week. Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, Hale Varsity Radio here at the Single Barrel. We are excited to spend some time with Jeff Mall, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau. And tell you what, Jeff, it's good to have you back. It's good to have people back. It's good to be back here in uh, the Haymarket, man. Thanks for coming down. Feels good. Single Barrel inside the Graduate Hotel in the Haymarket. I mean, this is like the hub of activity on game days and it, it's great it is. to be down here on a friday night well you've been busy man you've had a, a busy summer you've got a busy fall and there's wrestling as we look at uh, just to our left there's several gold medalists and world champions uh, here uh trying some of the amazing beef here at the single barrel yeah i think they're getting ready man it's it's go time it's world finals for the senior division in uh, team usa wrestling and uh, to see these guys over here I, i'm i've feel small i feel relatively unathletic at this point i'm not you're not tagging me in i'm not tagging you in is, no. that, is that what we're saying keep the headsets on though yes play right by, play by play <laughs> bold move cotton uh, <laughs> but uh, uh tell us uh what uh, what's been going on with the lincoln convention and visitors bureau how how summer is and, and the transition now as we get closer to fall yeah it's been a great uh, spring and summer uh, chris we've done a, an amazing job of returning lincoln's economy tourism wise and We've had great sports activity. Uh, Youth sports has been relatively pandemic-proof, we've been telling people this entire time. But we did events this summer that nobody else was doing. We did an eSports event over at Pinnacle Bank Arena back in July as part of the Cornhusker State Games. Competitors from across the country competing eSports-wise, playing video games Mm -hmm. in a building the size of Pinnacle Bank Arena to hosting over 1,500 bike riders in July for the Gravel World Championships. They spent a lot of time on the gravel between Lincoln and Omaha and Lincoln and Western Nebraska. And the longest course was 300 miles on a bike riding gravel roads of scenic Nebraska. 
we had people from across the globe that came here to compete. They loved our city. They loved our gravel roads. Now, a lot of us complain about our gravel roads in Lancaster County, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but they were great to compete on. So we've been just doing some fun stuff, and, and, and tourism is back, man. It's it's doing great things for the community and, and making some good money out there. Jeff Mall with us, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday here at the Single Barrel, every home football Friday, 4 to 6. Inside the graduate, come by, see us. Uh, give uh, Jeff Mall a fist bump for all he and the, conv- the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau are doing to promote and uh, and excite folks who come in and spend money uh, in Lincoln and Lancaster County. And I tell you what, uh, Jeff, we, we talk about uh, wrestling and bringing an event like we have this weekend here. Not an easy task, but you guys make it look uh, flawless. Well, thank you. And that's what, that's what we're paid to do. We're paid to make these events look flawless. We create relationships with organizations like the USOC in Colorado Springs. Uh, we go out and meet with them, we go to conferences, and we invite them to Lincoln. And to be able to have Coach Manning at the University of Nebraska, a huge wrestling advocate, sure. great guy, he has told us this week that Team USA doesn't go many places repetitively year after year for their senior world trials. This is their fifth year hosting this type of event in Lincoln. This would be about the time things rotate out, but at this point we're saying, hey, there's no better place than Lincoln, great facilities, and uh, you know, just what we're doing, the caliber of events we're doing, just because we have relationships, that's what we're really good at. That's what we're paid to do. It's up to our community to make sure these people have a really good time while they're here, and uh, it, it speaks for itself. We're affordable. We're safe. We're family-friendly. We've got great burnt ends over here on the Greg table. Greg Smith is crushing burnt ends right now, and he's he's smiling. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. Like, he's like, Jeff, you and Schmidt just keep chatting. I'm going to hammer the burnt ends, and yeah. that's good. So uh, now we transition to another fall Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, going to be hot. But uh, that being said, it's, you know what, another home game, and, and it's the third largest city. Uh, it turns into overnight here in Lincoln. It does. And, and, you know, you look at economic impact between 4 and $5 million per home game weekend. Now, it depends on the opponent, mm-hmm. but there's just such pent-up demand to travel and get out and do things. Uh, this is where we want people to be. We want a few people in on Fridays to come in. You know, we always talk about what we call shoulder dates. Mm-hmm. Your event might be on a Saturday, but came in on a Friday, stay till a Sunday, and spend sure. time in the community. So home game weekends are amazing. We're also hosting the Sports Car Club of America solo national championships out at the air park, oh, wow. West Ramp, with the backdrop of all the SAC planes and SAC. Oh, it's just, it's scenic. It's great auto racing. We encourage people to go out there. It's free to get in and, and just be a part of the Lincoln experience. And this is what we do day in and day out, year after year. And we took a break. Pandemic taught us that... Uh, Tourism is a pretty, pretty key hub for economic development in the community. And we talk about economics all the time, Mm -hmm. but the social impact that it has on your body and your soul to get out and do things fun and cheer teams on, man, you can't replace that. No. And uh, the work you guys continue to do at the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, uh, incredible. And folks still smile when they come to Lincoln, whether you're from a different part of the state or you're just heading downtown from a south suburb or your buffalo buffaloes you know they're 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 staying here at the graduate they do a wonderful job here at the graduate of taking care of teams and uh, nebraska fans love finding their way here uh we invite you down here the single barrel here till six every home football friday four to six jeff thanks for coming by thanks for what you've done chris appreciate you buddy and uh, we'll hope to talk to you real soon be back with us here. We'll wind down hour one. Coming up, uh, we'll check in with Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury. Next hour, it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, 
And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down this first hour, Hale Varsity Radio on the road. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Greg Smith. As uh, more thoughts on Nebraska Buffalo, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports is Bill Dolman uh, in about 10 minutes. Clausburn and the Friday forecast coming up at 540. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. As Elijah's saying, all right, I can hear you on the radio. Unmute the mic for the web stream. <laughs> ESPN's um, Lincoln's uh, Facebook page. You can watch the show. Uh, and, you know, I can see people at home right now like that scene in Animal House. Not for you, <laughs> but for me. When uh, when Dorfman goes up on screen, you have, you have Belushi's characters scream and they start throwing. Don't throw things at your computer screen. Yeah, that would be great. We've got to diversify here with, uh, with, with video and, and audio. So here we go. God love you. We'll uh, Real Red Reaction in the rail yard uh, with uh, Hooksy and company. Tomorrow, following Nebraska Buffalo, a reminder about uh, being on the road. We're here down at uh, the Graduate, and of course, the Single Barrel hosting us every Friday, four to six. We're on the road a week from today in Norman. Roadshow in Norman, helping power that. Your friends at Ferris Financial Group at Ferris, their goal to educate, coach, and help you work towards the investment goals you want. And when it comes to investment strategy, they are great. And uh, expertise with budgeting, planning, and of course, overall strategy. And uh, if you're going through times of transition, either a new job or uh, kind of shifting uh, your your current income, uh, Ferris Financial Group's there to help uh, not only help you be smart with your money, but help you achieve that goal for where you want to go, where you want to get to retirement-wise. And uh, give uh, Marcus Schmidt a contact and a phone call today with Ferris Financial Group at 402-525-6824, marcus.schmidt at lpl.com. And you can reach out to Ferris Financial Group. Uh, Do so on Facebook at Ferris Financial Group and uh, the website, ferrisfinancialgroup.com. They help power the roadshow with Hale Varsity and ESPN. Lincoln, ferrisfinancialgroup.com. Greg, you had some burn ends. <laughs> I did. Uh, you had a few tots. Uh, last week we had, I, I had the 16-ounce uh, bone-in New York strip, Ooh. and I'm still smiling. Uh, there is 250 whiskeys to choose from. You're still working on water. God I, love I you. I am. I am. Unfortunately, you Unfortunately. hear the saddest voice. <laughs> that was that was a yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I am. But uh, you've got football a little later. Lincoln High and Pius. Yep. So so no whiskey for Greg. Nope. Not yet. Good for you. Uh, but no, get down here to the single barrel. The the food, the the beef, the pork, uh, the, the the burnt ends, incredible. And uh, they have an incredible array to wash it down. If you like beer, they've got beer. If you're a whiskey fan, get yourself a whiskey. I had an old-fashioned last Friday. That'll work. Was uh, was incredible. But uh, we invite you down here. Here till 6. And uh, the first uh, Husker fan to come down, fist bump Greg, fist bump me. We have a pair, pair of Champions Club passes to give you for Nebraska Buffalo tomorrow that 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 will definitely do because you need to hydrate during that before and after before safely during safety yes single barrel where we're at here till six 
Uh, you're invited down. Get a steak and a whiskey and enjoy a Friday before Nebraska Buffalo. What happens tomorrow? We'll dive into that. Bill Dolman on the way. Greg Smith, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Tail Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Back in Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Greg Smith, as we are on the road. A road show Friday here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Here till 6 and uh, a pair of Champions Club passes for you. So you stay hydrated before, during, or after the Nebraska-Buffalo game. Coming up, Clausburn in the Friday forecast. Elijah Herbal back at our... ESPN Studios. Numbers to dial up 466-377-6800-825-5865. On Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Greg Smith HV at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, we were wondering to start the show, is the offensive line going to be the reason or the deterrent for Nebraska starting fast tomorrow. We'll explore that a little bit further. We say hi to the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Uh, Bill Dolman with us. Billy D, just a week ago, you were having yourself a little steak Oscar here at the single barrel. Do you want me to send you a picture of it? Well, I was hoping you were going to say you were going to send me one, but uh, (laughs) a picture would probably be okay. However, I would probably be then longing for said uh, steak Oscar. And I will say this. Uh, unsolicited. The steak Oscar that I had at the Singapore last week, and I'm a Nebraska native, was one of the finest steaks I have ever had in my entire life. So, if folks are looking for a place to go eat tonight, tomorrow, or every day from here on out, I would suggest that you go down and hang out with the folks at the Single Barrel and have yourself a steak because it was fantastic. I was very, very impressed. And happy to be there last week. I understand why I've been suspended from going there this week. Uh, I know that Greg Smith will not be in the same room with me. But nevertheless, this is the first time that we've actually been on air together. So thank you for bringing us together in this way. You know, it's it's only taken a few years for it to happen. Greg did the burn ends. They, uh, they were excellent. They were, they, were, they were fantastic. <laughs> Bill, you know, you were here. You got to see Nebraska up close and personal uh, in, the, uh, in, in the press box and, of course, uh, against Fordham. As you look at uh, Buffalo, as you've, you've taken a peek uh, with the Bulls, and they're just down the hall literally from us, what's your takeaway here knowing that, okay, you got uh, Coach Linguist that's done a lot sec power five dallas cowboys really high level coach that that was going to be calling defenses for for harbaugh and and michigan i mean he's that good and and then he gets a head coaching opportunity with coach leopold going down to ku so i know there's going to be fingerprints of coach lance and that culture left over and then you bring in the expertise with uh, with coach linguist you know what's nebraska up against tomorrow do you look at it as buffalo uber talented a scary team or do you look at it it's still nebraska up against nebraska more so than the university of buffalo 
Well, I kind of remember back to games uh, who's Nebraska played in in the past at home in the last 20 years. It makes you a little bit nervous. Was it South Alabama was one of them. Arkansas State, a game that I was at, where you're thinking, okay, this this should go a certain way, and it doesn't. It ends up as a win when all is said and done. But I don't think you're going to see a Buffalo team come in that's going to be in awe of its surroundings. Not that they played in a lot of uh, places like Memorial Stadium. But I, I would imagine, given the successes they've had uh, when Turner was there, that established something with that program, which had been somewhat moribund forever. Um, then they brought in Lance, and Lance did a phenomenal job with them while he was there. Unfortunately, he took that, he got exiled to Kansas as a reward for doing well in Buffalo. But nevertheless, you know, I, I think that they, the two people with Nebraska ties have probably instilled within that program the ability to go out and play anybody anywhere at any time and and have some confidence in the way you get the job done. So I think the blueprint for uh, Coach Linguist has been put in place by Turner and Lance. So I don't see a a program from Buffalo coming in thinking, well, this is kind of nice to be here like Pacific did 100 years ago when they came in, took the check from Tom, and then dropped their program. I mean, I'll never forget that. But So I don't foresee that happening. But I think that Brass is going to have a contest. It's probably going to be relatively tough, but it should not be, by the end of the day, relatively close on the scoreboard. At least that's the way Nebraska has to play it. If it's a tight game in the fourth quarter, that's not good, whether Nebraska wins or not. You know, Bill, one of, one of the things kind of big picture here that, that's happened a lot, and you watch a lot of college football across the landscape, um, is Mac schools going up against, you know, Power 5, Big Ten programs. Like, they're not afraid anymore. That talent is spread out. Like, how likely do you think it is, though, that it, it, given all of that, that Nebraska would still take Buffalo a little bit lightly coming into this week? Well, I don't I- I don't think Nebraska can afford to do that to anybody anywhere at any time anymore. You know, Buffalo's going to come in with its hand out waiting for its check, and its other hand is going to be clenched in its fist ready to take a swing. That's just the way it's going to be, and Nebraska has to be prepared for that. Um, but I, I firmly believe that this is going to be a, a kind of a slugfest because that's just the way, you know, the Mac's gotten great exposure over the years from ESPN, so they've kind of puffed up their chest collectively, right? And this is a program that has had some pretty good success over the years. So uh, Nebraska cannot. I mean, I'd go back to the first half last week when it was 10-7 to 7 in the second quarter and think, oh, 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 I know we won 52 to whatever it was, 7 or 10 or something. But this game cannot be that close in the second half. That's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I know that any win is a good win, but, you know, Nebraska's got to have some style points. Unfortunately, in the second half last week, they came through with style points and won the game the way they should. Bill Dolman's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Greg Smith here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Roadshow Friday on ESPN Lincoln. Of course, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. Bill, what's your assessment here, your take on the offensive line, I know it's it's game three. Greg Austin is not an excuse maker. Do your job. Know your job. And uh, Nebraska has been a work in progress. And where do you side here? Do you side with uh, the reality that, that it is still a, a young group of guys? It's not yesteryear where you got to be three years in the program more than likely to see the field when when milt was roaming the sidelines or hey you've been here long enough to to be better 
and hold your blocks longer. Um, and I think there's also an element of, uh, of identity here. You've got the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach that want to get downhill, but I don't know that you got a head coach that is uh, either A, trusting enough to, to call or B, patient enough to, to stick with uh, a running attack here. Where, where, where is this offensive line at? in your opinion here as we go into uh, a really athletic and, and aggressive front seven with Buffalo? Well, I go back to last week when I said Nebraska's got to go to Appendix A in the playbook, and that's to run more option. And I've been kind of astounded by the last week in reading about Nebraska football and observations people have made that I've seen you know, the, the, the term option used uh, quite a bit. So apparently a lot of people do listen to the show, which is great. But, and I'm right about it. And I do think Nebraska needs to implement some things that people aren't, aren't prepared for. And if that's the option, so be it. I mean, I'm looking at these stats, and I can't believe that Nebraska had 65 rushes last week against Fordham. Is that right? And 30 passes. Nebraska had 95 snaps last week. I mean, that, yeah. that seems to be an astounding number, and it didn't seem like that at the time. But, you know, I, I think Nebraska's got to look at it where you are rushing the ball, you know, around 55 to 65 times per game, and you got to put it on the plate of those offensive linemen and say, look, if you guys even want to think about putting your name alongside pipeline, then you guys got to start acting like it and performing like it and pounding guys like it. And I've said, you know, this is an offensive line that can't have the excuse that you don't have depth anymore. And Greg has certainly, you know, uh, scouted out all of the kids and all the men who have signed in Nebraska over the last three and four years as to what kind of depth they have on the offensive line. But you're not having to make shift it anymore. Buffalo's got an offensive line, and I think this is critical for the game tomorrow, that is not the same line that blocked for Jarrett Patterson last year. I mean, they've got their right tackle, spent the la- their left tackle spent the last two years at right tackle. They've moved him over. Their backup is a former walk-on. Uh, their center is in his first season as a starter. Their left guard, I believe, is a true freshman. You know, so when you're talking about comparing the offensive lines, Nebraska's offensive line needs to flex muscle, be prepared to go 55, 65 snaps where you're running the ball, and hopefully you see a lot of option. I would love to see that. But Nebraska's D-line has to take advantage of the fact that, no, they don't have Jarrett Patterson back there like they did last year. And this is an offensive line that has been somewhat rebuilt. So I think it comes down, it, it sounds like a cliche to say it's going to come down to line play, but this really does. You've got to tell those guys along Nebraska's offensive line, man up or get out. And the defensive line has to be go get after those guys because it's not the same line that blocked for the guy who ran for 400 yards a game last year. Yeah, and you know it's interesting going back to what you were saying about the uh, option is one of the more interesting things that came out of this week, and I think it was on Monday, where Scott Frost was asked about, you know, hey, you guys run some of that, you know, option. It was it was out of the spread. It looked a little different. Same principles. Mm-hmm. Like, will that be something that sticks around? He said he didn't think it would be something that they'd continue to do. Will that end up being gamesmanship, or will that actually be the case? Remains to be seen. I know where you're at. You want to you want to see more of it. But where I wanted to go was on the other side of the ball, and you kind of alluded to it. If if Buffalo is going to hang in this game at all, I think they're going to have to be able to rush the football. But where do you think Nebraska can really make some hay, especially considering that defensive line and stopping the run has been kind of a strength for this team for the last you know year and a half or so here. 
Nebraska's defense came out and played extremely well at the start of the Illinois game. I think for the first quarter and a half. And then you've got mistakes made by various and other ways on the field, right? And things just kind of got haywire and they got away from what was going so well for the first 20 minutes of the game. I, I think if this defense can get to the quarterback one, they didn't throw the ball a lot last week against Wagner because they didn't have to, but the, the guy has been sacked twice. This Van Trees, the quarterback, twice in the last 15 games. So going back last year and the year before, right? So you got to rattle him a little bit if he, if they do decide to throw. So you got to get pressure on the quarterback. I, I'm putting this all, a lot on this Nebraska defensive uh, front four, front seven, front whatever it is. Stuff the run. Do what you did against Illinois. Play discipline. Stop the run football. Don't do anything stupid. And then get to the quarterback. If, if they can hit a guy who hasn't been hit in a year and a half, then, then you're going to rattle him, and it's going to affect their passing game. If their passing game is affected, then they got to go back to the run. And again, I go back to what I said earlier. They don't have the same offensive line, and their best running back is now playing for the former Redskins. Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Bill, when you take all these things into account, you look at the fact that Buffalo's only been playing MAC teams. They haven't really been playing in front of a big crowd like this. How important do you think it is for Nebraska to get off to a fast start, throw that first punch, and uh, really keep their foot on the neck of Buffalo? Well, it's absolutely important. It's important for Nebraska to do that uh, every week, uh, to, to, you know, to not get behind, for one, but to get up by a couple of scores and then keep after it. You get a chance to demoralize a pretty good team if you can shut them down early. Now, with all of that said, the most important guy on the team tomorrow is Dave Ellis. All right? Because we all know, as I've been told by Elijah already, it's going to be Africa hot in Lincoln tomorrow, right? So it's going to be about 120, 130 degrees on the field. So Dave Ellis, who is the preeminent Grand Poobah of nutritionist and fueling athletes and getting them prepared to play in all kinds of situations, Dave Ellis will have Nebraska finely tuned, finely fueled, and finely prepared for whatever the elements are at Memorial Stadium tomorrow afternoon. And it's going to be hot on that field. I've been on fields before, athletic, uh, on, on artificial surfaces, where I have seen those old Rydell shoes melt before. I'm not kidding you about this. So it could be that kind of hot tomorrow. So Nebraska's physical preparation, fueling preparation, is all on Dave. And there's nobody better to get a team prepared to play a game like it's going to play tomorrow. And if Nebraska can get out early, get off to a hot start figuratively, and play through the heat literally, and demoralize Buffalo early, Nebraska's got a chance to have a, a, a dominating performance in the second half. Bill Dolman's with us, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill, it is uh, that time in the segment we need Bill Dolman's Never Fail creative score prediction. What says Bill Dolman tomorrow? 240 kickoff, Buffalo and the Big Red. Creative? I prefer dead on balls accurate, but whatever. That's semantics. <laughs> okay. Look, I put a lot into this clearly. Uh, and, and I would go... I, I, I'll say this. When I was looking at the game this weekend and I saw uh, 103 to 130, I thought those were score predictions and not the temperatures, but I'm going to go with it as the score. So I think Nebraska scores somewhere between 103 and 130 points 
and uh, beats uh, beats Buffalo one twenty nine to uh, well, well we'll give them a couple of scores two scores for Buffalo one twenty nine to twenty one. Bill Dolman with your emphatic cover <laughs> one twenty nine to twenty one. No, we've kind of outlined the the line of scrimmage. It's just a, a different opponent, but the same premise. You win on the lines, you you make it happen. Billy D, enjoy your football tomorrow. Thanks for jumping on with us today, and we'll uh, check in with you from Norman next week. Get the steak, Oscar, and Dave Ellis is the star of the show tomorrow, as he always is. Go Big Red. There he is, Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Again, yes. Get the stake, Oscar. Hail Varsity continues on from the single barrel. Chime in 402 466 ESPN or email the show, Chris at HailVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. You know, I think we have a, a winner for the Champions Club as uh, longtime listener came by and did the old fist bump. Chris Schmidt, Greg Smith, we are here at the single barrel as we're here every home football Friday, 4-6. to six. Greg had the burn ends. I have had the, not today, but I've had the, uh, the, the bone-in strip. It was incredible. Dolman, and you know what? You know how Dolman is. You can't get him. You can't bribe Bill. No. And he's like, get the steak, Oscar. Do it. Uh, we are going to talk some football here. Friday forecast is on the way in about 10 minutes. Clausburn, he's imaginary and he wears red. <laughs> He'll be with us uh, to uh, to pick some games this weekend. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. And uh, Greg will get into some thoughts in just a moment. Uh, when it comes to uh, Nebraska and Buffalo, some final thoughts and some, I don't want to call it housekeeping, but you're wondering about uh, response. We've talked offensive line, and we're, we're curious as to, to how the O-line does and will respond. Also curious about uh, Cam Taylor Britt, not just his role in special teams, but you know where he's at because he got to watch for a couple of series last week, and that was right after a, a muffed punt. We'll get there in a moment. Uh, we're on the road today. We're on the road next week in Norman, Oklahoma, and helping power us on the road again. We told you about uh, Ferris uh, Financial Group, also Aero Capital. Aero, your full-service real estate brokerage, and uh, they are operated and uh, powered by local real estate investors and they specialize in real estate investment Uh, that's a team that's very mighty and detail oriented when it comes to buying selling staging investing and of course uh, much more with uh, real estate if you're going to be sure to to make a phone call are you looking at rental property to move are you looking at rental property to uh, to buy uh, reach out to Jenny Limbach or Marcus Schmidt. Uh, ways to do that. Brokerage at aerolincoln.com. aerolincoln.com backslash brokerage is the website. And uh, Facebook, aerolnk, or Instagram, aero underscore Lincoln. Football thoughts and uh, real estate going to be prime when it comes to uh, Nebraska. They've been good 
to great with kickoffs. Yep. So it's been a long field for teams to travel. Uh, Turnover-wise, you have Illinois. You had a couple of balls go on the turf uh, against uh, Fordham. But Nebraska now needs to be clean. Are you expecting turnover issues tomorrow just because of the nature of the Buffalo defense? Yeah, I I still believe just because Nebraska has been kind of prone to fumbling, um, I I would expect to see Nebraska put the ball on turf um, at least one time tomorrow. I mean, they even did it. They did it with the very first play of the game or very early on in the game against Fordham um, trying to get a handoff um, exchange. They did jump back on the football, but so it it turned out to be okay. Um, But Nebraska going a game without those um, kind of mishaps um, seems to be few and far between. So I think that you still end up seeing that but i do still think that nebraska will be able to take the football away too like they've just become pretty good at being that's the story that. of last week is yeah. three forced turnovers by the defense timmy emails in chris at hailvarsity.com if cam taylor Britfield's a punt tomorrow schmidt you're buying wings for the whole country <laughs> wow, that's a that's a lot of wings. Hold on, there's a wing shortage. Oh, county, 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 that's still a lot of that's wings. Still there's Lancaster been a county. wing shortage out there. No, so I don't, I don't, I don't it, know. It's, it's, it's it's hitting me, man. Oh, big time! It's heartbreaking. <laughs> you go to go smoke some wings. Yeah, it's NFL Sunday. Yep, right. And uh, yeah, Husker football, of course. So no, I I think it, it's interesting to see. What Nebraska does, taking care of the football. Same story, new team. Right. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt. Let's go there. Do you view, and I know Coach Frost had his coach's show last night, uh, was, it, was it putting Cam in timeout or keeping Cam from uh, compounding a bad situation uh, when it comes to the muffed punt? And I ask that because you don't see him not on the field very often. Nebraska has other uh, corners, and there was a couple of series that there was no Cam Taylor Britt on the field, and it was pretty close. To, uh, to when Cam muffed that punt. Was it a benching? I think it was. I think that Scott Frost was sending a message that we ha- like we as a team have to be better at just the little details that we can control and you as a captain. And I think that that is something that goes back to week one or week zero, excuse me, um, against Illinois, where you had two of your captains make really catastrophic mistakes with the muff, well, not the muff punt, the field and the punt inside of the one, take it to the end zone, try to throw it situation and then um, the scoop and score off of the fumble from Adrian two of your captains really let you down in that game Um, and I think that that's something that Scott Frost very likely wants to get out of this football team whereas okay mistakes are going to happen but the unforced errors that don't need to occur especially from our leadership cannot continue to happen and I don't wonder if the rest of the team saw that especially you know if it was a benching and saw it and thought okay I'm, I'm kind of on alert now if he'll sit Cam Taylor Britt down who is as productive and as talented as anyone on this football team we think he has an NFL future if he'll sit him down he'll do it to anybody right and I think that puts people on, on notice well it puts you on notice and then there's the other side of the coin where all right Bill Parcells said it best, I'm going to treat everybody the same, which means differently. Lawrence Taylor is going to get treated differently than uh, a guy who just barely made the 53-man roster. Right. Uh, LT gets special treatment. Yeah. Okay. And, and finally, are you going to be uh, a guy who takes action and says, okay, Cam, we love you, but go into timeout now. There's going to be some people on the team that say about bleep in time. Right. There's been too many examples and too many instances by either 
in maybe their eyes favorite favoritism or or your your pets and you're gonna you're, you're always expect, gonna have you, you are and, and you're, you're gonna expect more from your captains your playmakers and it doesn't matter where it's coming from you've got to go execute and you, it, it's it's so vital so that was that was big. I'm, Especially I'm in the area that it was in because special teams has just been stressed so much, yes. right? Like it just, everything that happened around that situation compounded it and made it worse. Oh, and it was, it was you just can't do it. Uh, a thought on do we see Oliver and Omar tomorrow? I would, I would lean towards no. Um, I, I think that the risk-reward factor is, is, is high there. Where you, there, you want those guys back. You want them out there so that they can continue to work towards that Oklahoma game. But on the other hand, you don't want anyone to re-aggravate anything um, when they go out there against a, in a game against Buffalo where you're already a couple touchdown favorite. Um, you should be able should be able to is the key phrase. I need um, more Alante Brown. And that's the thing, too, is that you have other guys, especially at wide receiver, that we haven't seen as much of that people are definitely clamoring for. You mentioned Alante Brown. Xavier Betts is another one that people are waiting to see um, get out there a little bit more. We haven't seen any of Will Nixon. There are other guys that you could see go out there and work in there. Or if we go back to, to what Billy D was saying, they run the ball, <laughs> and then that kind of becomes a moot point anyway. Who are you liking right now? We've seen more of Step, and Step's coming off the 100-yard game. That's huge. I feel bad for Irvin because he's tried to, to run, and he's got his, his lineman thrown back in his face, at least early in the Illinois game. I think some of, some, some of Irvin's elusiveness and vision, especially if he's running behind that right side, could, could produce some, some big plays. Nebraska didn't. They had one run of 20, and it was the option to Toure. Uh, they had a lot of big plays in the passing game last week. They need some big plays in the ground game Saturday. Yeah, they definitely do. And I, I do think that there's something to that is that, you know, when you first said, you know, who do you like more? My immediate thought was, oh, Step, because he's produced more to this point. But then you make a good point. Um, Gabe Irvin Jr. has run behind, you know, the same line as Step, but that line has struggled early in games. He started both games, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of natural that he would have a little less production. Um, and he's had, like, a lot less production, um, especially compared to that 100-yard game. So I still like them both. I think for right now, for me, I would still lean towards Step just based off of the production. I just like the way he runs Well, think well. about starting things out with Step, pounding the way on the line, and then you get Irvin in there yep. to change a pace yep. back. Uh, a little more agility, a little yeah. more shake and bake, and you're, you got a defense that's been getting the sledgehammer yeah. for a and, while. And once that line is kind of revved up yes. a little bit, yeah, I do like that. So, Greg, a couple of thoughts here. Uh, we, we've hit the fast start. We've talked Cam Taylor, Britt. We've talked, you know, who may be out tomorrow, Oliver and Omar. Potentially, do they return? Do we do we get a bando sighting uh, in, in, a, in a rotation? Is the offensive line that the five we, uh, we know – that have started the last two games, that they take another step defensively. Um, I'm anxious to see who can cause problems. Back to what Dolman was talking about, getting after a quarterback that's been pretty clean the last, well, last season and, and, and game, right? I mean, it, it's, been a, it's been a season plus since he's been harassed. Is this a, a Garrett Nelson game? Does, uh, does Caleb Tanner get loose again? Uh, does that infamous zero uh, get loose and, and follow things up? Uh, I mean, Nebraska's had some some well-timed blitzes, but they've also been able to just get after get after Illinois. They also got after uh, Fordham. 
uh, with just their front four, too. Yeah, I, I feel like this could be a uh, Feldarius Payne, Caleb Tanner, and Garrett Nelson as well game to get after them um, in, in that pass rush game. I, I think that those guys have all shown something early here in the season that they've progressed over the offseason. I think exactly what you want to see. I think that all three of them look better than they did um, last year. Nelson was playing really well at the end of last season as well. Um, he started that last season. He, he's really played a lot better um, since about you know the midway point of last season. And so I think that those outside linebackers, and then you'll always have JoJo roaming around out there. You can bring some stuff um, with Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich inside um, with, that, with the athleticism that those guys bring. I think Nebraska should be able to get home and rattle the quarterback. But it's also, uh, well, the artist formerly known as Snacks. I guess he, he, he's not Snacks anymore. He's <laughs> D-Boogie now. Uh, Damien Daniels. I it's like a game for him. It's a, it's a game for him, too, you know, if Buffalo's going to be running the football, too. Well, that they want to they want to get up. They want to have ball control. I mean, they want kind of a, a sequel to Illinois uh, if they get up. But, but starting fast, I know we just blabber about that, but it's so, so key for this football team's confidence. It's so important, too. I mean, you're going to have a live-by-the-sword, die-by-the-sword Buffalo Blitzkrieg tomorrow. Yeah. They are going to come after. They are going to try and test the offensive line. Try to Nebraska, confuse them. Yeah, right. but Nebraska is going to have to find Toure. Nebraska is going to have to find uh, Austin Allen. They're going to have to hit. I mean, they'll, they'll have one-on-one opportunities. Right. So Nebraska's screen game better be ironed out. Nebraska's draw game better be ironed out. And uh, when you get one-on-one coverage, you got to make them pay. Uh, you know, get a guy like Alante Brown on just a little sit-down route it could be a lot of yak yards forecast is on the way that is greg smith chris schmidt elijah herbal we're here at the single barrel presented by the nebraska lottery he's in his 30s but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other now say my name it's schmitty on hail varsity radio i got the body of a taught Pre-teen Swedish boy. Good stuff as we're getting you ready for Nebraska and Buffalo here at the single barrel inside the graduate four to six every home football Friday. Uh, we invite you down and uh, get a steak, get a whiskey, get a beer, get a salad. The wedge is phenomenal. Greg Smith with me today, and it's awesome to spend time with Greg and do a show again together. Elijah Herbal rocking it back at the studio. Uh, it is time for the Friday forecast with Hale Bar City Radio. Do we have uh, Do we have Clausburn? Yeah, Claus, are you there? Well, I'm, I'm currently uh, filling up the kidney pool uh, so that Nance and I can stay cool and have a little fun this weekend. So bring your swim trunks. Come on down. We'll have a good time. All right. Claus wants me to go swimming. That is creepy. Let's uh, get the Friday forecast underway. Without further ado, uh, not a great weekend of games. But it's all right. There's a couple to to dive into on top of the Nebraska-Buffalo intrigue, and we'll sneak in an NFL. Let's uh, get things started off real quick. Elijah, who won the stake in a beer bed last night, taking Dallas in the nine? Yeah, you know, I tried to take Dallas in the nine, so uh, you stole (laughs) stole it from underneath my nose, but that, that would have been you. Okay, just just clarifying. Uh, let's uh, start off with Iowa at Iowa State. Our old dear buddy Iowa Russ is on the road, and uh, Russ is no doubt uh, knee deep in bush light. Bless his soul. 
Iowa State minus four and a half. Hawkeyes feeling it after dismantling Indiana. Elijah, get us going. Yeah, I got to go with Iowa here. Uh, I know they're going to Ames uh, to play this one. Uh, it'd be better if it was at Kinnick. I think that's why Iowa State's favored here. Uh, but four and a half just seems like too much. I'm not sure if Iowa wins outright, but uh, four and a half, way too many points for Iowa State. I think it's a field goal game, so I'm taking Iowa. Oh, and it's so, a score. Uh, Elijah says the – go ahead. For a score, I'll go 27-24 uh, Iowa. Okay, Greg, what do you think here, Iowa or Iowa State? Oh, I, I like Iowa a lot in this one. I think that it's been a long time since they took down a top-10 opponent. I think they're going to get it done this week outright. Um, I think that the four-and-a-half was too much to begin with anyway as well. I like Iowa. They might be the second-best team in the Big Ten. For a score, I'm going to go Iowa 21, Iowa State 17. All right, I am going to go against Iowa. Just because I think uh, I don't want to get caught up in the 16 to 10 uh, squeaking of, of Northern Iowa, Iowa State. Give me Iowa State to win 28-24, but give me give me Iowa State 28, Iowa 24. But the Hawkeyes do cover. Elijah, let's crank the music down just a shade. As a couple of emailers are saying, they they can't hear me. Claus, what do you got? Iowa State, Iowa. Well, as you as you boys know, it's Iowa is a, is a rather large producer of pork products, and I frankly am a little bit nervous for all of those poor pigs in that state because the, the fan bases are relatively even, evenly split. And so half of those pigs are probably going to end up angry, slaughtered, and bacon on the plate by Sunday morning. And the other half, well, Christopher, I'll let your imagination run wild with the happy fan base. So, <laughs> but I feel like you're going to want the pigs from the western half of the state because Iowa is going to win this one big, 31 and 17. Moving on, <clears throat> Oregon, Ohio State, Buckeyes minus 14 and a half. They were pushed by Minnesota and still just too much juice for Ohio State. I think uh, this one's probably a 14 to 17 point ball game. Give me Ohio State. Not real shocking, but uh, 27, uh, make that uh, 37 to 20. Uh, the win and cover for Ohio State over Oregon. I don't know. Uh, I know. I know Oregon's explosive. I know Ohio State's defense is suspect. I don't know how good uh, a Pac-12 team will do against a Big Ten team. Elijah, what do you got? Yeah, I'm with you on this. Uh, except I don't think Ohio State covers. I do think they win. Uh, I have not bought into the C.J. Stroud hype wagon yet. He had essentially a good quarter and a half against Minnesota. So I think this is a close game. Ohio State still pulls it out, but uh, Oregon gives him a scare. Give me Ohio State 31 and Oregon 23. Okay, tighter ball game. Uh, Greg Smith says what? I, I'm all in on the Big Ten here. Uh, give me some B.I.G. Uh, I like Ohio State, and I like Ohio State big. I'm believing in C.J. Stroud. I think Ohio State wins 42-21 in this one. Claus, what do you got here, Ohio State or Oregon? Well, it's really hard uh, for us Nebraskans, I think, to hate on Ohio State anymore. After all, Urban Meyer is gone, and they backed our play last fall to, well, play. But Oregon traveling to the horseshoe does remind me of the time I was talking with one of our university's uh, fine animal science folks, and they told me about a strange phenomenon where ducks will actually fly upside down when they go over uh, Columbus, Ohio. 
on account of <clears throat> there's nothing worth crapping on in that city. Now, that's an old joke, but I'm an old man. So <laughs> I'll take Ohio State in this one big, 35 and Oregon 20. We are going to eschew uh, Texas, Arkansas, and uh, Cleveland, Kansas City. We are down to the wire here with Buffalo, I Nebraska. I the tomato joke about Andy Reid, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will hit it next time. Uh, Elijah, start us off here. Nebraska minus 13 and a half, hosting the Bulls. Elijah, what happens? Buffalo's a very good team. I don't think they have the, the, the best defense to hang around with Nebraska's offense, but uh, I also think they have a, a powerful enough offense that they'll move the ball. Uh, so I got Nebraska winning, almost covering. I got them winning by 13, Nebraska 34, and Buffalo 21. Okay, Elijah picks the big red. Greg Smith, what do you think? Yeah, I, I just don't. Long story short, I do not trust Nebraska uh, to cover a double-digit spread even at home. Uh, but I do think they win, but Buffalo covers Nebraska 28, Buffalo 20. Okay, an eight-point win, says Greg, for the big red. Uh, I think uh, this one will be a four-quarter game, and I think Nebraska finds out about itself. Yes, I'm saying that about a team from the MAC coming into Lincoln. But that's where this program's at. It's going to be tight. It's going to be uh, dangerous. And Nebraska finds a way 35-28 to 28 over Buffalo as they head into Norman. Clausburn, what happens tomorrow? Nebraska minus 13-and-a-half. Buffalo, what happens? Well, I think a lot of us are nervous, and I'm where it ought to be. Obviously, Buffalo scored 69 last week, which I thought was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like their defense is going to fall like so many card tables in their home city on a Sunday. So <clears throat> I think Nebraska takes this one by a score of 38 and Buffalo 24. So Clausburn says Nebraska the win, Nebraska the cover, and there you go. Are you not an Andy Reid fan? Well, I'm, I'm a very big Andy Reid fan, but as you know, Christopher, I'm a, a very pious and devout uh, Christian, so I watch plenty of VeggieTales, and I just get excited when I see Bob and or Larry trying to coach a team to victory. Claus, you have yourself a weekend, all right, bud? Okay. There he goes. Claus Byrne will wind down from the single barrel with Hale Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. We are going to hand out uh, these Champions Club passes shortly. I don't... I can't tell you that we'll have them every weekend, but I can tell you a big thank you to Nebraska Textile and Supply. And I know the listeners uh, will love it. we got a packed house here at the Single Barrel. Uh, food, drink, steaks, whiskey. I'm going uh, to have a whiskey here coming up here very shortly. Greg Smith is off to a high school ball, Pius and Lincoln High. Motsi on the road here at ESPN Lincoln with Grand Island and Southeast. Uh, that'll be a pretty big time. Uh, Elijah Herbal, we will uh, be back at it a special weekend edition time tomorrow morning leading into Oregon 
Ohio State from 9 to 11. So excited there. We'll rewind with Ron Brown as Coach Brown uh, talked a little Husker ball with us and then also uh, his connections with first responders, uh, the heroes uh, on uh, September 11th, uh, a uh, sit down with Coach Brown that we talked to him uh, Wednesday. You don't want to miss the rewind tomorrow uh, with Coach Brown. So we will uh, get you rolling a special, different time tomorrow with the weekend edition 9 to 11 instead of 7 to 9 leading into Oregon, Ohio State then a real red reaction coming up uh, from the rail yard uh, with Hooksy and company uh, high above the rail yard uh, unveiling uh, a new uh, setup which will be great Greg this was awesome uh, I think Good Nebraska stuff. football uh, continues to move towards getting right tomorrow it's going to be the run game it's going to be the line of scrimmage it's going to be the defense but they'll also be tested they'll be stressed and as much as you may not like it as as a football fan just go out and kill somebody uh the reality is this team needs to to overcome they need to overcome and win tight ball games there's been too many that haven't gone nebraska's way in uh in these type of settings and and you and you learn by doing you learn by getting better you learn by making plays and uh, eventually getting over that hump it's also a lot easier to learn when those that learn those learning moments are coming after w's yes uh, so just get the win um, and keep it moving if you're in nebraska absolutely elijah you feeling all right about tomorrow i know you, you said nebraska wins around that cover number but it's really a, a line of scrimmage thing that is with nebraska just a, a quick thought from you on the offensive line do they step forward tomorrow? I know they don't have their full array of, of options with some guys still uh, nursing injury or illness. Yeah, I think the offensive line steps it up tomorrow. Buffalo hasn't played a team uh, of Nebraska's caliber in front of 90,000 fans uh, in a couple years now. So I, I think Nebraska can get out there, uh, punch them in the mouth a little bit, at least the offensive line can, uh, and kind of show Buffalo what Big Ten football is all about. I don't think Buffalo is going to be ready early for that Nebraska offensive line. I know they've gotten the chance to beat up on some MAC teams, but MAC teams aren't Big Ten teams. So I'm confident in the uh, offensive line of Nebraska. I'm confident that Nebraska is going to be able to go out there and perform like they should tomorrow after, uh, I mean, we, we, they, they had their own mistakes uh, brought to the forefront against Illinois and against Fordham, so I, I think they'll step it up tomorrow. Well, don't kid yourself. If you're the offensive line, you're sick of hearing about what you haven't done Absolutely. for two weeks. Check out Motsi and ESPN's coverage of Southeast Grand Island here locally. Uh, tomorrow, 9 to 11, weekend edition of Hale Varsity. Thank you, Elijah. Greg, appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Back tomorrow, it's Hale Varsity, and we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Great time here at the Single Barrel. Come on out when you're in town.